We are Chris and Beth Bruno, and this is the Walking With Podcast. God called you to walk with people. He called us to help you. Join us for a conversation at the intersection of theology, psychology, and ministry. Each week, our goal is to replace a little bit of your overwhelm with more confidence in caring for the people you walk with. Hello and welcome back to the Walking With Podcast. This is Chris and Beth Bruno, and we have been in a series of frequently asked questions, answering some of the questions that we regularly hear from pastors and people in full-time ministry. And I think one of the most heartbreaking ones that we hear so often and feel ourselves is this. What do we do when we feel so stretched thin, when we feel so overwhelmed and fatigued and weary? How do we keep going? How do we know if we are done, if it's time to to turn the next page in in a new chapter of ministry? How do we know if we're burnt out? How do we know if just a break is what we need or healthier rhythms in our lives? But that is often um, the case for people in ministry is that they just are stretched too thin. So we have some thoughts and we are in it ourselves. We just got back from an international trip and we are feeling it. We are incredibly fatigued this week and stretched thin as we jump back into the work world. So Chris, what are some of the thoughts that that we would share with someone who is feeling that way? Yeah, well, we are feeling it this week for sure. And uh, it was a great international trip to step into some ministry overseas and coming back feeling the jet lag and getting back into the rhythms and routines of life. uh, Those are the places that I would start is just asking people like, what are your regular routines of life already? Do you have healthy, sustainable rhythms built into your day, built into your week? And one of the things that when we were uh, overseas missionaries uh, that I did towards the end of our time there was uh, I came to a place of recognizing like I personally right now do not have healthy rhythms in my life. And if I am going to make any kind of decisions or change of my uh, ministry or career or any of those things, I want to make sure I'm doing them from a healthy place. So one of the things that I instituted really in the last uh, two years of being in our international location was something that I called the two-thirds day. And basically making sure that we are uh, dividing our day into, uh, into thirds. In that we are giving to the work that we're doing to our ministry two thirds of those day of that day and then holding a third of that day back for ourselves. And I think what happens in ministry is that we often fill our days from morning until night, you know, with morning staff meetings and prayer meetings and church gatherings and people that we're meeting in the afternoon and uh, maybe some pastoral counseling appointments and, and stuff. And then we have a Bible study that we're teaching or leading in the evening. So our entire three thirds of our day is being taken uh, by ministry. And that's just not sustainable. And so to institute a two-thirds day where maybe I have something in the morning and I know that I have something in the evening, but I am going to take that afternoon 
off. I'm going to go for a jog or I'm going to go to a coffee shop and read or I'm going to spend time with my family or, or, or do something in that afternoon because I know that morning and evening is already taken. Um, that ended up helping me significantly really get some clarity on what it was I was going to be doing next, what God was calling me to, whether I was burned out or not, and, and all that. And that helped me a ton. And as I've worked with people in ministry uh, over the last several years, we've talked about the two-thirds day, and by and large, people don't have it. Hmm. By and large, there's a uh, three-thirds day or many days where there's you know three-thirds days, and then we are just exhausted by the end of the day or by the end of the week. So that would be the first thing that I would say with regard to, do you already have regular sustainable rhythms built into your life? Because ministry is not predictable and it's all throughout the day and you need to make sure to take control of that for yourself because the best thing that you can bring to ministry is yourself. And if you're not able to bring yourself uh, right because of that level of exhaustion, then you're not gonna be able to really do the ministry that God's called you to do. I think what you're describing though is actually a luxury, a benefit of being in full-time ministry. So if that is your job, your full-time job, um, you have the, the, uh, the actual freedom to make those kinds of choices. True. But what about those who are working a day job, they are doing something else that pays the bills, and then they are volunteering a good chunk of their time in ministry and walking with others. How can someone like that apply this this sort of two-thirds day rule? Yeah, I would then talk about it being over the course of the week and making sure that the time that you're volunteering is not every night or multiple nights a week, that you're, you're significantly limiting the amount of time that you are offering to the ministry that you're called to. Um, again, not to short circuit that or, or, or whatever, but just to make sure that you're, you're able to show, if you're, if you're going to show up, that you have the energy to actually show up. And far too often, you know, you're serving in church on Sunday morning, you're serving on, uh, you know, membership class thing in the afternoon on Sunday, and then you have multiple things throughout the week in the evenings. That's just not a sustainable rhythm. So to take the two thirds day mindset and look at your week, that I think is going to be uh, a place that you're going to want to go. The other thing is other parts of your week, making sure that the time that you're not in ministry are actually restorative types of things. Right, that you're you're filling your evenings, you're filling your off time with things that are recreational, recreational to you, to uh, to build you back up so that you can be present in those other times. Yeah, I remember when our kids were all going in different directions with sports, and we had games to do on the weekends, and we had practices to drive them around to on the weeknights, and technically that was time off. Technically, you weren't <laughs> working, or we weren't doing ministry when we were sitting on a soccer field sideline, but that was not recreational for you. That was not restorative in any way. So you ended up going back on Monday feeling just as exhausted as you had prior to the weekend. And so really, at times we had the kids back out of some of those activities. At times you didn't join us or I didn't join the the family just to get make sure that we were getting some of that recreational time. Yeah, for sure. You know, the other thing is you talk about the off times uh, that I would have a recommendation is to, to make sure that you have limited access. And what I mean by that is that people um, who have are in ministry often have uh, unlimited access to them. People feel like they can call or text or email them at any time of day or any time of night. Uh, and in many ways, those of us in ministry, we want to be available, right? We want to 
uh, offer ourselves to people. But what ends up happening is that if people have unlimited access to us, then it eats into the evening times. It eats into the times that I have actually set aside for myself to restore and, and kind of come back to myself, uh, right? It eats into that, and then I end up not having it for weeks and weeks and weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, another recommendation I would have for people to avoid burnout and feeling stretched too thin is do a little bit of uh, an access assessment, How much access do people have to you? And do you need to do some things to to limit that access? And maybe it is literally putting your phone, uh, leaving your phone to charge in the car and not bringing it into the house. Maybe it is getting a different phone line for ministry that you offer that to people, but they don't have your personal phone that when you are sitting on the soccer field or hanging out with uh, with your family, that that phone is going to ring. Just do an access assessment to see, um, are you being burned out because people have far too much access to you? Mm-hmm. And you're allowing them to as well. And you're allowing them. Yeah, you're allowing them because you're giving them that number. I think a lot of times um, if we can give some other number or have some other um, some other gatekeeper that can, can uh, whether it's a inbox re- uh, auto reply can be a gatekeeper that basically says, hey, I got your email, but I'm not going to be able to get back to you until next week. Those are just super to get in place. Yeah. Another thing that I think of, you know, so often in ministry, we are reading all of these books to help others. Um, I know that we yeah. are constantly recommending books to to walk alongside of others with. And, and so you're reading and it's enriching and you're learning, but it can also feel a little bit like work, right? Totally. Um, because you're trying to apply that in a relationship with somebody else. And so I think another thing to do would be to read something that is completely different. So whether that is fiction, whether that is a travel memoir, whether that is a magazine, um, or just listening to podcasts, right? To, to consume information that is life-giving and not related to the ministry that you are actively involved in. I know that that has helped us as well in the past. Yeah. And if you are reading ministry related things to build that into your ministry time, Hmm. that that's not the things that you're reading in your personal devotional space. That's not things that you're reading at night or on the weekends. You're reading those things in your ministry time to enrich your ministry. But the things that you're reading outside are the things to enrich yourself. So feel free to read God books, right? Um, but they're, they're for you. Uh, I, I have a series of fiction books. Uh, it's a series of five books that since I was 16 years old, I have been reading that series of books over and over and over again because I find myself so um, enthralled and inspired by the characters. I just need a constant kind of diet of that fiction um, and stuff. The thing I want to be careful of is that you're not like dissociating while you're reading uh, or while you're doing these things. And so uh, a lot of times people say, well, I'm into movies uh, and stuff. And I think that's great. I enjoy, We enjoy movies as well. But um, the, the dissociating meaning like you're actually just like vegging out and you're not engaging your heart or your mind or your soul while, while you're doing it, that I think is uh, more of a numbing technique than it is an enriching technique mm-hmm. um, for you. And so reading fiction is great. It's just the you know, the brain candy kind of reading that is the throwaway novels that, you know, beach reading is not what I'm necessarily talking about. I'm talking about something that is 
that is fiction, but that, that are stories and people and characters that inspire you and bring you a sense of like hope and vision and, and creativity or whatever it might be. But, um, I just want to avoid the dissociative kind of things, the mm-hmm. numb out, the veg out kind of things. Right. You know, it's, we, I was talking about weekly rhythms and, uh, and stuff like that. I think it is really important to have regular withdrawal where you are literally leaving in order to get away. You need to leave the office. You need to leave the city. Uh, you might need to leave the state in order to just literally withdraw yourself. And we see this in Jesus, right? We see how regularly he withdrew to the mountains and that he would leave while everybody was asleep and he would go somewhere else to get some time alone by himself and with the Lord to rejuvenate and to come back to himself. If you don't have those regular planned times away, we all know they just, they just won't happen. They just won't happen, right? Something will come up that will fill the time. The oil needs to be changed in the car or some child needs to, you know, get new shoes. Those things will take away those times. You've got to plan them and make sure that they are regular. And I really recommend at least uh, one away trip a quarter. So every three months you are getting yourself away uh, from from whatever. And that might be with your spouse. That's great. That's fine. But you might also need just some personal time away. And uh, once a quarter, making sure that you're getting away is something I really recommend. And there's lots of ways to do that affordably. We've found so many creative ways to just get away, whether it's borrowing a friend's cabin or staying in an abbey for, for dirt cheap and experiencing that, the silence of the, the nuns in an abbey or uh, camping. I know that you've done that several mm-hmm. times or stayed at a friend's condo in the mountains. There's so many ways to get away inexpensively. And then we've also saved big time to get away extravagantly. And I know one of the things that we actually enjoy is going to a place where we can't understand anyone around us (laughs) (laughs) and just being able to completely check out because we have, we literally have no idea what's going on. And that level of escaping um, the normalcy of our lives has been actually really refreshing to us. Yeah. And we and, save for it. And that's what I was going to say. We save for it. It has to be an intentional thing. And man, we have to be really creative to, in order to do that. We're saving mileage points. We're saving money. We're saving, uh, we're asking for, uh, hotel points for Christmas, right? Like there's just things that we're trying to do to get away. Looking for missionary housing yeah. um, that, that people offer for free. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, you know, feel free to reach out to us with regard to some of those places because we do know some of those and would love to offer you some ideas of places to go where you could get away relatively cheaply, if not for free. <laughs> you know, the final thing with regard to making sure that we're not moving like, you know, with a, a racehorse pace towards burnout is to hire a counselor. Uh, and I'm not saying that because I'm a counselor for job security, right? Like it's, I'm just saying that. We all at different points in our lives need a guide. We need someone to offload the things that are going on internally. We need someone to process that with. And there is something really, really important. And I think Jesus even uh, brings this to us that where two or more are gathered, there the spirit of God is between us. And there is something different that when I'm just journaling by myself or I'm processing out loud, when I'm processing out loud, something gets 
there's more movement that happens. And so if you're feeling like you're, you're on the road towards burnout or you're starting to question, is this for me or what is my calling? I would say hire a counselor, hire a life coach, hire someone to be with you in the midst of that. And I would also say, make that a ministry expense if at all possible, mm-hmm. because it is for your ministry that you are wanting to do this work and make sure that you, you know, have a safe place to process what's going on. Who's not somewhere in your, in your ministry food chain, in your hierarchy, not your superior or someone else in the same organization, go outside the, the ministry organization to find someone to work with, because that's just going to create a much more safe place for you to say, Hey, I am struggling here, or I am wondering this, or I'm questioning this, or I don't like this, or I do like this, like that. You just need that safe place to go. And I would say from personal experience that oftentimes that cannot be achieved when you're at a conference and there's a member care person who's available to meet with you for an hour or, you know, an hour each day over the four days of the conference. It's just, that's too hard. Um, They're seeing too many people and it's not that confidential private feeling. Um, It's also difficult when you're um, provided somebody within your organization who is there for you and offering counseling. It's still, it just, it's hard for you to feel fully safe. I know that that's how we have felt in the past. So I think we would be remiss to not at least mention that even though Chris is not advertising um, his counseling services and actually is no longer taking more clients, we have an entire virtual team who can see people all over the world. And some of them have had full-time ministry experience and pastoral ministry experience in their past. And so they are poised and ready to walk with those who are on the front lines of ministry. And so if you are at all interested in that, we have to at least mention that um, Restoration Counseling Center is, is ready for you. So please look us up. And I do want to say God bless member care people. Um, I have been uh, one of them. I have received care uh, by member care people. And there it certainly is a place uh, for that kind of care in those conferences, uh, people who are in the organization uh, to help you process through things. So it's not completely pushing aside the, the benefit of that. I think what we're talking about is that if you are actually feeling some of those raw emotions of I'm not sure that I can sustain this much longer, it's probably good to get someone on the outside to work with. Um, Those that are inside are really helpful when you're talking about this thing with the organization or with my teammate, I need help with navigating through um, this new place I'm living, this new assignment I have, this teammate that I have, those kinds of things. Member care people are vital for those places, but when it's your own internal personal processing, that's where I'm saying maybe get someone on the outside. So I think that this conversation obviously could go on and on and on and in a ton of different directions because this is only scratching the surface of what people in full-time ministry are feeling or just people who are walking with others are often just so stretched. And I think often the question is, like I said in the beginning, how do I know what this means? What is this telling me? I'm overwhelmed and I'm weary. I'm actually tired of the people that I'm called to minister to. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do I do? Is is it over for me? Is it time to just move on and, and close this down? Is it time for a new position, um, a new calling? Is it time for an extended break, a full sabbatical? Or do I just need a weekend away once a quarter? I think those are really good questions to be asking and important ones to answer. And so this is a great segue into our next series 
series where we are going to be talking about how to design and, and prepare for and take restorative sabbaticals. So if you think perhaps that is where you are, that that's the answer, that these questions are, are leading you toward, um, that's what our next series is going to be all about. So stay tuned as we dive into what it looks like to take a restorative sabbatical and to help relieve some of this overwhelm so that you can return in a refreshed way to the ministry that you've been called to. Thanks for joining us today. Hop on over to RestoryLabs.com where we have a bunch of resources for you, uh, of those of you in ministry. We will see you the same time, same place next week.